This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. Baltimore is known for its lightning-fast plays. And with a Rundle Federal Savings Bank, you can capitalize on that. Make football season more exciting by opening a Goalmaker Savings Account with a Rundle Federal Savings Bank. Every time Baltimore scores a passing touchdown during the 2022 season, your interest rate will increase by 0.10%. Now that's real smart banking. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ArundelFederal.com for more info. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast is brought to you by God is My CEO, a prayer journal for entrepreneurs. I am so excited about this journal because it is the first ever prayer journal specifically for entrepreneurs. God gave me this idea a little over a month ago for me to create this journal for business owners. And I am just amazed with the response that has gotten thus far, the people who've been able to pre-order it and download the the virtual digital version um, and get started with growing that relationship with God and allowing God to be the CEO of their business. This journal is amazing because it has a space for you to surrender your business to God. Uh, it has a space for you to write down your million dollar ideas that God is going to give you as you grow in your relationship with him. It has a place for you to write down your answered prayers so that you can constantly be reminded that if he did it once, he'll do it again. There's a page, there's a section called I feel, but I know. In that section, it allows you to navigate the difficult feelings and sometimes just the very personal feelings of being an entrepreneur and relate that to what the scripture says so that you can be encouraged in those not so sexy parts of entrepreneurship. There's also a section for sermon notes. So if you guys are like me and you watch a lot of sermons online or if you just attend church, there's a section for you to take notes in there as well. And then, of course, there are the journaling pages. So there's a morning and evening section for you to journal and spend time with God every single day. So I'm so excited about this journal. I've been getting such amazing responses from everyone who's pre-ordered already and been able to utilize the digital version. So make sure you go to www.blessedandbossedup.com so that you can pre-order yours today. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. 
Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I am so excited about today's episode, mostly because it's a new season, it's springtime, it's a new quarter, we're moving into Q2, um, it's a new month, like it's just a lot of new going on right now. So I'm extremely excited and optimistic about what's to come. We're also kicking off the Blessed and Bossed Up challenge this week. So I'm super excited about what's going to happen in people's lives and businesses as a result to committing every single day to making God the CEO of their business. So I know some amazing things is going to happen. Today is my fasting day. So I'm really just fasting for a successful challenge, um, fasting for everybody who's bought a journal um, so that they can have just an amazing encounter with God in their life and in their business so that they can just see how amazing life is when you really make God the CEO of your business. I also had like a really amazing week last week. I had a VIP day with a new client. And for me, VIP days are where I spend the entire day one-on-one with someone working on their business. Each VIP day is different uh, because I believe in tailoring experiences to to particular clients as opposed to a one-size-fit-all approach. I like to be effective when I do things. So um, it's pretty much where I spend about six hours all day with someone working on their business. We have a conversation prior to the day about what their goals are, what they're looking to accomplish, where they see their business the next amount of time so that we can make sure that our day is tailored to around making that happen for them. So I had one of those last week, which was amazing. I'm so excited about my client's business. We came up with a unique selling proposition for her business that I know is going to allow her to really truly connect with her audience as well as talked about um, she she has an e-commerce business. So we really went into as well how to make sure that her digital marketing so as far as her website goes is optimized so that she's not leaving money on the table and she's selling as much as many products as possible so I'm just excited about all the things that's to come for her I also had the pleasure of speaking at the pink slip retreat by my former business coach Raven Jones and I love the pink slip retreat I've been going probably for like the past four years or so four years is dramatic maybe the past like at least three, I believe. Oh my God, I cannot believe it's been that long, but at least three. Um, And I just love them. It's just one of those events where it's not just fluff. You learn a lot, you meet some amazing people and you just have a life-changing experience. So I got got the uh, the chance to speak there again. I spoke there last year as well. So I got the chance to speak on a panel. We were on the Bossed Up panel and just talking about my experiences uh, in business thus far. And it was just really amazing. I think what I love the most is just the relationships that I have with uh, women in business. So a lot of the other panelists I already knew, as well as some people who I haven't met yet. And we all went to lunch afterwards and I just got just a refreshing opportunity to sit down with some super bossed up women and just talk like it ain't all about masterminding or all about business, but just talk, just talk about life, talk about how business is going for real, talk about 
about relationships and how they are or are not affecting our business, but just talk like that girl time with like-minded people was so necessary for me. For And I know that's something that I genuinely just love and appreciate and crave, to be honest, because when I'm just talking to somebody who's not necessarily an entrepreneur or isn't a full-time entrepreneur, they don't always really understand certain things that I may go through or they're unable to identify with certain things. I remember I was sitting down with someone, um, they were actually doing my hair and we were just talking and they were asking me like what I do and things like that. And I'm always a little hesitant to tell people I don't know uh, what I do because one, as soon as I tell somebody, especially somebody who's entrepreneurial about like, oh, I do marketing, then they're going to automatically ask a bunch of questions and I'm stuck sitting here. Well, I'm not stuck because I'm not about to give nobody no free uh, marketing sessions just because I'm around them. But then I get bombarded with all of these questions about like marketing or how could they do this or how could they do that and trying to pick my brain. And I just really don't I don't like one sided situations. So I really just don't like that. So I'm, I'm really not that vocal about what I do or we may get to talking about whatever. And I may mention something that um, that I want to do. And uh, I remember somebody told me, I think it might have been the girl that was doing my hair. She was like, um, oh, so you just out here living your best Caucasian life. And I was like, and I know she didn't mean anything by it. And it was like a little ha ha kiki moment. But in my mind, I'm like, why do I got to be living my best Caucasian life just because I'm I'm boldly going after the things that I want to do and that I'm blessed enough to be able to do things on a full-time basis or I'm I'm just simply blessed with where I am in my life right now like why I gotta be all of that like why is that not the norm you know and they might it might just be a personal thing for me but I kind of get frustrated sometimes with that because I wish more people didn't look at somebody just living their dreams especially being young because I am only 26 but just looking at somebody living their dreams is something that's that's abnormal it's not it you can be doing the exact same thing you know what I mean if you were to just stop letting fear hinder you from doing it but just going to lunch after the event the other day was just refreshing because we're able to just talk like somebody um one of the girls um I don't want to tell her business but she has an amazing opportunity coming up that most people I know would just be like dropping their jaw at. And we're like, oh my God, that's awesome. But it's like normal because we all have amazing things going on. So somebody uh, doing something to the caliber that she is doing it isn't necessarily a shocker. So we can celebrate her as well as understand that we're going to be doing amazing things too. It's not like you're this foreign creature who has untapped this level of success that nobody can get to. It's not, it's not like that. It's just everybody encouraging each other. Everybody have, has great things going on. And everybody has even higher goals that they're going after. Uh, so yeah, it was just so like a breath of fresh air just sitting down with them. And luckily I have the opportunity be going out the country with them um in june so i'm super excited about that cabo trip like i'm going to be getting on y'all nerves on instagram while we in cabo because i'm going to just 
post all of these pictures. I'm going to be talking about it. I know I'm going to do, I'm probably going to do like a podcast while I'm there, just probably on the beach or something like that, just because, um, and really have them on the show. So you guys can kind of hear firsthand these type of amazing conversations so that you can in turn look for those type of relationships as well. But anyway, on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about some lessons that I've learned uh, as I reflected on my first quarter of the year. I have about four personal lessons and then about five business lessons that I'm going to go through. The first one for my personal lessons was really pay attention to how your mood changes in certain situations. Like, I think this is something we all can take heed to just really be self-aware enough to pay attention to uh, your reactions in certain situations, because it will tell you a lot about where you are, what you need to work on. And also if you need to change your surroundings so that you can make sure that your energy is always good or that your mood is always good and you're always positive. Um, and happy when you're in certain situations. Um, and, and I got this lesson because some situations that I've been in recently, I realized that I shrink sometimes. And what I mean by that is I'm a very confident person. Um, and I always, I feel like normally I walk around with a level of confidence in who I am and what I do and what God has called me to be and all of that good stuff. But I realize that there are still some some situations where I shrink. And I realize, though, it's because some situations take me back to a not so happy place. And because of that, it's just brought to the forefront of my mind things that I need to work on that I may have forgotten about. I think I may have mentioned this on the show before um, a lot of times or no, I mentioned it when I was talking about the book Wholeness and in the book by Pastor Tori Roberts, he was talking about how some of our brokenness hides in our blind spots, things that we aren't necessarily focusing on or we don't necessarily see so we don't work on them and so that's why I say pay attention to how you naturally react because that's when you're that's those are the moments where you know the areas that you may have forgotten about that you need to actually work on so for me just noticing being in certain environments where I shrink where I don't talk about the good things that's happening for me I don't really talk at all um I feel almost bad for talking about how good God has been to me or some excited, some things I may be excited about because my, my mood changes like that to where I'm unable to just be my best self. That kind of just showed me that there's some, there's still some things that I need to work on, um, with personally. And so I, I really thought that was an amazing lesson that I wanted to share with you guys so that you can really just pay attention as you go throughout this new month, as you, as the water, the, I was say the water, as the, uh, the weather gets better for people who are in, let's say like the DC area or up North, like me, where the winter is the worst. Um, as you get, go out more because the weather is changing, really pay attention to how your, your mood changes in certain, certain situations. Are you out at like brunch or something with friends 
and everybody is talking about work or whatever and you feel like you can't talk about your business, then pay attention to that. That may mean that you may be outgrowing that situation or you may need to to actively look for a group of entrepreneur friends like I was talking about before. Or if you go around your family and you feel like you can't you can't talk about what's going on in your life, then that may that may be something that you need to address about. Is there any pain that's left over that's still dwelling in you from your family situations? Or if you're at work and they call on you uh, for something and you're unable to speak up, you sp- you feel like, oh, I can't stand in front of the room and talk about people. Or your boss asks you to present. And then now all of a sudden you get scared because you don't want to talk in front of people. That may, may be something that you should address dress something that you need to work on so that you can be your best self so yeah that was something I really learned and also um, on a positive note I learned that I'm getting better about being confident in the things that I want for a long time I felt like my dreams were too high like they were unobtainable in a way and one thing I've learned this quarter is how amazing God is and how amazing how this time last year I was dreaming of being where I am right now like it was a, it was all a dream shout out to Biggie like I was dreaming about being where I am right now about waking up and just working for myself and just not having to worry about money and being stressed about money my if if somebody needs something, being able to just give it to them and not thinking about it or going to the mall and being able to just buy what I want without looking at the price tag. And I ain't saying I'm balling or anything. I'm going to shop at a store I know I can afford <laughs> to actually be in. But, you know, just small stuff like that. Or if I'm hungry, going and getting something to eat, not worrying about eating spaghetti and oodles and noodles because there was a season when spaghetti and oodles and noodles was all your girl could afford. OK, and pasta was all your girl could afford because it lasted long. Like, you know, things like that. Just the dreaming of the day where I wasn't so stressed. And and looking now and just being happy and being at peace and still going through things, but just in my normal day to day, just being at peace and happy with where God is taking me and where I'm going. And so I remember just dreaming about these days. And so um, one thing I realized, too, is I was paying attention to how I naturally react in certain situations. I used to just downplay what I wanted out of life because because I wasn't where I wanted to be. There was a level of insecurity there. And a lot of you guys are in that place now, like you're afraid to talk about your big goals because you're afraid that you might put it out there and it might not happen and then you might be embarrassed you know what I mean a lot of you guys are in that place but don't be afraid to talk about how big your goals are I was in that place as well I used to hate talking about wanting to be self-employed because that would just cue everybody to tell me about risks and bills and insurance and all of these things where which are you know valid points but that's not what I want to hear when I'm on out on faith about something you know what I'm saying so um I really I noticed recently I'm getting better about that you know just really embracing where I am right now and really embracing how far God has brought me I was telling uh and I noticed this actually a couple days ago I was telling somebody um yeah my first house um we were talking about like home ownership and I was saying how I wanted to um my first house is going to be in Potomac 
And I know I've mentioned Potomac to you guys before, uh, but for you guys who aren't aren't familiar with the D.C. area, Potomac is a very affluent area. Um, you might notice it from like the Real Housewives of Potomac. Like it's a very bougie, old money type of place. Like everybody is just of a different level of wealth. And so I want a house out there because for me... Um, I want my kids to grow up around people who grew up in, who are also growing up in wealth. So my kids could have a wealth mindset no matter where they go. You know, they're going to go through stuff. I don't think by any means my kids are going to be uh, sheltered from real life, but I just want them to grow up knowing that wealth is normal. I don't want them to have a, a poverty mindset. You know, I want my kids to have a beautiful home that is there. So when they grow up and have families of their own, they can come back to this house and know that it's always, always there for them. And I can leave this beautiful home uh, in a great area to my children one day. And then they, they can own it and pass it down to their children or they could sell it or do whatever they want with it. But that's just my goal. Like I want a house in Potomac, right? And some people might be like, oh, really? What? And I'm like, that's what I, that's what I want. And I actually said that to somebody recently back to our conversation and they were like, okay, so we're like, they kind of shrugged it off. Like, okay, you want a house in Potomac? Nice. But where are you really about to, where are you really looking for a house at? And I just kind of chuckled and and reminded them. I said what I said, (laughs) you know, it's going to be in Potomac and that's that period. Uh, but before, if that would have happened a year ago, I would have probably been like, oh, up in Marlboro, <laughs> which is a, another city in Maryland, which is uh, PG County is actually the, one of the wealthiest black counties in the world. But still, PG County is great. I'm from PG County. I don't live there my whole life, but I'm not really trying to own a home in PG County. I want to go where to the best school system in my area, which is Montgomery County, because I'm thinking about long term, thinking about my legacy and my family. So I said what I said. But a year ago, I would have probably been like switched it up and said probably such and such to start with, like downplaying what I want for the sake of whoever I'm talking to. And I'm just over that. If your level of thinking is not where mine is, you either want to we just don't have anything to talk about as far as I'm concerned. And I'm okay with that. Like I can either help you um, or motivate you in some type of way, or you're just going to be, your level of thinking is just going to be where it is. And that's that. And that's something I really had to learn is that everybody is not doesn't have big dreams like you. You know, there's still people in this world who are content being exactly where they are and that's their life. You know, they may be happy like that. That's fine. But I don't have to change the way I think to appeal to them and they don't have to change the way they think to appeal to me. I just need to find more people who think like me. And so that was just a huge lesson for me and something I'm actually proud of myself of is that I'm really getting comfortable and confident with who I am and who I'm who I'm going to be. So for you guys who may still be in that place where you feel like you have to tone down your greatness or or not talk about the level of things that you want to have in life or whatever, just really work hard and pray about God sending you the right people. Like if I when I look at my network right now, like it's amazing. 
just the quality of individuals, not even just of how successful they are, but just the quality of who they are is just people is amazing. It's a blessing. And there are people I paid for. Uh, I said paid for. Whoa, that's not true. People I prayed for <laughs> and that and God just sent to me. So it's just amazing. Um, So that was a number one lesson for me personally in the first quarter is just pay attention to how you naturally react to situations and make adjustments accordingly. Number two was one thing I realized about myself is I had, I've always been a giving person, but my giving was limited. Like if I met somebody and they wanted to talk to me about something or they needed my advice or they needed my time or just something to help them that way, I was cool with that. But if somebody called me and asked me for money, it's a no 90% of the time. It depends on who it is and what it's for. So I, I realized that and I kept and I just kept hearing in in uh, spiritual settings, whether it be like at church or watching a sermon online or whatever. I just kept hearing about giving, giving. You're going to al- unlock your abundance by giving. And I felt like I was tested in that giving area a lot in the first quarter. And when, as I was just kind of being introspective about why do I keep hearing about giving and being, that's the key to abundance. Like what's up with that? Am I not giving enough? And I was just thinking like, when's the last time I gave? And I realized I was not a big giver at all. Like if a, a homeless person walked past me, I wouldn't even like trip, you know, because I'm like, oh, I'm got no cash on me. Like that's it. I wouldn't go out my way to really give. And so that's something I knew I had to fix and something I learned about myself um, this past quarter. And so I was actually in church one time and God was like, I just felt in my spirit, like give, uh, give a thousand dollars. And I was like, okay. And because of the level of how much it hurt me to, (laughs) to write that check, I knew that it was something not right. As far as in, in my giving, um, as far as my giving spirit goes. And so I was like, OK, I'm going to give this money. And then the next week I was talking to a really good friend of mine and they needed something. It was another like a, a, a over a thousand dollars. And I was like, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it to him. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've given a, a lot. You know, I've given a couple, a few thousand dollars this month. Jesus. But I just knew that those were tests for me, um, tests in the area of giving. I've gotten good at like tithing is now just something. Once I became a tither at the end of last year, that's just standard for me. At the end of every month, I take 10 percent of what I tithe. I mean, what I've earned and I tithe it like that's just standard for me now. It's not something that requires much from me anymore. So now I know that the next level is for me to be better at giving. And so I'm I'm happy that I learned that lesson. And now I'm such a huge giver. I've given a lot and I still tithe. And I know that God is going to bless me because of it. And um, yeah, so for you guys, if you're not a giver, I highly suggest that you start giving. Because for me, I was always the person where I don't, I'm like, I don't give people money. Don't call me and ask me for money. Money. I'm not I'm not doing that but I had to fix that that was something that needed to be fixed within me to because that just shows that I put money on too high of a pedestal like why is money the one thing that I'm I'm saying I'm not going to give people like what's up with that and it's because I put I put money on such a high pedestal because for so long I didn't have an abundance of it so it was like uh 
I felt like I didn't have anything to give. So I developed that stingy, bad habit. Um, and some, that's something I had to correct. And so that's something that I really learned this past quarter. And then I, I think that I'm really doing better uh, with. And so for you guys, even if you don't have a lot to give, just give. If you got a dollar in your pocket and, and somebody in need walks past you, give it to them. It's not about what they do with it. It's just the fact that you gave. If you, if somebody needs something from you and you have the means to do so, give it. If if uh, you want a tither, tithe your 10%. God going to get his 10% anyway. It's a reason why you... It's a reason why every time you get paid, it seems like your money is always gone. It's because you aren't providing that protection over your money, which happens through tithing. So I really I do want to give that advice to anybody out there. Just check your heart and and see if you're a giver. That's something I learned that I needed to do better at. And so if you're like me, just do better and find ways to give. Another personal lesson that I learned this this last quarter is that I needed to level out my effort. And what I mean by that is I'm an executor by nature. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But what happens is sometimes I procrastinate on doing it and it gets done, but it doesn't, but it get, it got done at the last minute and it gets done well because I'm just the type of person who I like to do things in excellence. So even if I procrastinated on it and it's done at the last minute, it's still going to get done well. But why even have to do that if I don't, if it's unnecessary and I'm also the type of person where um, I really don't like doing what I don't want to do. <laughs> That's part of the reason why uh, working a nine to five was a struggle because I didn't want to be there. Like I did a good job. I had a great attitude, but I just don't want to be here. Like, how can I create a life for myself where I ain't got to be waking up and coming here every single day? But uh, for me, that's just who I am. I don't like doing what I don't want to do. And so when I realized that about myself in this last quarter, I'm like, okay, now I need to change some stuff up. I'm going to start doing what I don't like to do at the beginning of the day. That way I get it out the way early. I don't have to wait to the last minute. I don't put it off to the end of the day and then I got to do it the next day. Like, no, I'm going to get whatever it is that I don't want to do out the way first so that I can move on to the more fun things. And so that's just a little hack for anybody who may be like me. You don't like keeping up with your books or whatever. Like you don't like planning your social media content or you don't like answering emails. Do whatever you don't like to do first and then just get it done. Uh, if you're also like me, like I'm the type where I obsess over something. If I get excited about something, I'm going to research it down and I'm going to learn everything. I'm just going to throw myself into it because I'm excited. But if I don't care, I really, really do not care. So for me, leveling out, leveling out my effort just means put in what I don't want to do to the top of my to-do list and also just keeping the same pace with everything. So even if I'm excited about it, that doesn't mean I need to prioritize it over that thing that I'm less excited about. It just means I need to develop a pace that allows me to to get it done as well as getting done those things that I may not be as excited to do. So that's something I learned about myself this last uh, this last quarter. And I think that you guys should definitely take that into consideration as well, because when
when you're building a business, especially for you guys that are in the nine to five and you're building your business from five to nine, or as they say, it you probably don't want to do that half the time because you're tired from work or you may have other responsibilities, but you need to figure out a way to get it done anyway. And sometimes it's just a matter of doing the things that you don't want to do first and leveling out your effort so that you're just very consistent. So instead of getting so obsessed with losing 20 pounds this month, just just lose one pound a week. And then eventually you'll get to that 20 pounds. Just pace yourself as opposed to obsessing over things and then it totally falling out the sky. And lastly, uh, what I learned personally this last quarter was it's time for me to start preparing for the things that I want long term. And I'm, I already do that, but specifically as it relates to legacy. So really thinking about what do I want my day to day to be like? And I was I was talking to um, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was saying how I really want to prioritize passive income within my business uh, over the next couple years because I know that in the next couple years I'm going to want to have a child and I want to be present for my kid like I want to be the the dominant force or voice in my kids life myself and my husband in my kids life and I want to be there with them doing their homework eating dinner with them every day and I can't do that if I have a business model that requires me to constantly be doing stuff or having calls in the evening time when my kids are home and I should be spending time with them or um traveling every week all the time and I'm not home for the things that my kids need to meet for me to be home for. So I really just this last uh, few months or this quarter just been thinking a lot about, okay, moving forward, how can I structure things to where I'm I'm building for this legacy? So if we talk about purchasing a home, like what how am I going to set this up for my kids or investment properties or whatever? Like, how am I going to set my kids up for wealth as soon as they're born? Like, how are we going to set up our kids to where they don't, if they choose to go to college, they don't have to pay for it, you know? Or I know for me, I have this vision for my kids where I want my kids, I want to have uh, all the money saved to where if they choose to go to college, they can go without having to worry about finances. But then I also want them to be smart or talented and a skill enough to where they get a scholarship so that they can have somebody else pay for their school uh, without interest or loans or anything like that. They can have somebody else pay for their school. And then we can then make a decision of what to do with this money that I save for them. So then I can sit and talk to them about starting a business or investing or whatever. So now as they're going through their schooling, they're able to take the money that I save for them and build up wealth for themselves. So that's kind of the stuff that, that I've been thinking about. And so now these are the conversations that um, I have to have with like my fiance, like, okay, when are we, when do we want to have kids? How are we going to set them up for the future? What's our legacy going to be for them? So just that type of stuff. Now for me, it's just getting more real about really, really preparing the legacy and not just 
talking about it, but actually doing it. And a lot of you guys, you may be in a position where you're engaged as well and you haven't thought about these things or you may already be married and not have kids or you may have young kids. So really think about these things about legacies. Like how can you start preparing for what you want right now? And that's even for anybody, just not even thinking about the kids, but just thinking about yourself. How can you start preparing now for the things that you're asking for? Are you just waiting for God to sprinkle some, uh, to look like salt bay in the sky and just be sprinkling some blessings down on you? How are you going to be preparing for those things right now? You know, you want to have a six figure business, but are you keeping up with your books while you making a hundred dollars a month or whatever? Like how are you paying your taxes now? Cause taxes get higher, <laughs> you know, the taxes I'm paying the amount that I see that I'm paying in taxes now is more than I've made in my business in a year at one point. So it's just different. You know what I mean? So um, how are you preparing now to make sure that you are uh, in the position to receive what you're asking for? And also from the legacy standpoint, what's your legacy going to be? Do you know? Start thinking about those things. What do you want your legacy to be on this earth? When you pass away, is that going to be it? I know for me, I want my great, 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 great grandkids to know who I am and know the sacrifices that I made for them because of the things that I'm thinking about right now. And then also how I'm preparing right now. So that was a personal thing that was really uh, on my mind heavy in first quarter. So let's go on to some of the business lessons. The first lesson that I learned or something that was on my mind heavy in the first quarter is write offs. Listen, write-offs, write-offs, write-offs. Now, when a lot of times people misconstrue write-offs to think that if you write stuff off, then that means, um, if you write stuff off, then that means you get that money back. No, that's not what that means. When you are a single member on, uh, owned LLC, so that means you have a LLC and you're the only business owners, not a partnership or anything like that. You're taxed as, uh, you're taxed as an S corp, I want to say. And so, um, the government taxes you off of your profits. And so write-offs, of course, give the appearance of your pro- your profits being lower. And so that's less taxable income, if that makes sense. I hope I explained that correctly. Shout out to accountants. Cause that ain't me. Um, the write-offs help with how much you owe. So, and I kind of learned that firsthand when it, when it came to the taxes that I'm paying for 2017 was me enrolling in school dramatically helped with what it is that I owed. I really didn't owe much or if anything, yeah, it wasn't a lot at all actually because I was in school. So that was a great um, tax write-off for me. And even this last quarter, I'm like everything that I'm buying, I'm going on a trip um, with some entrepreneur friends in June. So we writing that off like gas, food, like everything. Write-offs is our lit. So for all of y'all know, a lot of people ask about about taxes um, 
and as it relates to entrepreneurship. So get you an accountant for one and two, learn for yourself about write-offs and taxes. I feel like every entrepreneur should know the basic level of how to save money on taxes, like because that's more money in your pocket. So write-offs are lit. So that was my first lesson, uh, my first business lesson for this quarter. Number two is that word of mouth is still the number one form of marketing. Word of mouth is people are going to, if they like something that you did, they're going to tell people. And if they don't like something, they're going to tell even more people. So it's important that we prioritize word of mouth. I know I had a great experience last year when I started going to a new woman to do my weaves. So I talked about it on the podcast and um, and she got some clients from there. I don't ask for anything in return. I just want to tell everybody how amazing you are so that you can get more money. You know, I want to see you win. And so she got some great clients from that. And she also makes my wig. So I always tell tag her whenever I have a picture, especially if I do like a photo shoot or something, I always make sure to tag her in my pictures. And then I remember going to her one time and she was like, yeah, somebody came to me from your podcast or who follows you to get a wig done and wigs ain't cheap. So I know if they came to her like multiple times, she's making good money off of me just simply telling people about my amazing experience. Now, I'm also not the type where I, if I had a bad, if I have a bad experience, I'll talk about it. I might use it as an example. I might vent or whatever, but I'm not going to get, I'm not going to name drop bad experiences because I don't want to deter people from coming to you and having their own experience. It might be a bad day for you. I personally will never be back, but I don't want to not, especially like another black woman. I don't want to be like, don't go to uh, Susie to get your hair done because she was trash and she did this when I was there. I'm not going to really do that. I'm not going to be leaving horrible Yelp reviews, Um, but I'm all, but I am going to just personally not go back myself. But that may be leaving money on the table because if I would have had a great experience, then I would have told the world about it and would have talked about it online and talked about it on my podcast and things like that to help grow your business. You know, so word of mouth is important. This podcast has grown the way it has because of word of mouth. People screenshotted it, screenshotting it and posting it in their Instagram stories and tagging me or the prayer journal, people purchasing it for their friends or posting about how much they love it and other people buying it because of that. You know, though word of mouth is always the best marketing. So when you guys are building your businesses, think about how you can go the extra mile to make yourself uh, able to be talked about in a positive way. And what can you do differently uh, so that you can minimize people talking about you negatively? So things happen. You're not going to be perfect. So we understand that. But you might as well think about these things beforehand so that you can um, set yourself up the right way. You know what I mean? Whether it be coming up with like a referral program. So people get a benefit based off of telling other people about you. That's one way to increase word of mouth. Going the extra mile, understanding your audience enough to to go the extra mile for them. So like me writing um, thank you notes for people who purchased the journal, that's just going the extra mile and people are going to post about it and say, oh, that's so sweet that she wrote this thank you note. That's me setting myself up for good word of mouth marketing. So when it comes to business, you really, really should be thinking about that. How can I increase my word of mouth? Is it come up with some type of campaign for uh, or coming up, let's say getting brand ambassadors for my business so that 
they can post about it and tell other people about it. Just really prioritizing, uh, thinking about how can I increase my word of mouth marketing because that is and will always be the number one form of marketing. Another business lesson is quality is way better than quantity. I know a lot of people who have started off having a bunch of different products and services and now they're looking at looking at things like I need to scale back. And I'm the type where I don't want to have 50 loving products and services because then I have to keep up with all of that. I have to remember what everything is, what's included with everything. I need to make sure that you get the experience that you're paying for and I exceed your expectations with everything. Like it's a lot. And I think a lot of people feel like they have to put out a hundred different products or services to increase their revenue when that's not true. If you just do one thing really, really well and you have like one product or one service surrounds that and it's priced the way that it should be priced, you should be fine. But if you have too much going on, you confuse your consumer. And if anybody has too many decisions to make, that's just a marketing tip. If your audience has too many decisions to make, they won't make a decision at all. The the, the uh, likelihood of them making a, a, a decision is dropped dramatically. And the likelihood of making them making a decision in your favor, meaning them deciding to buy something from you is dropped even more. So you never want to give people too much to where they don't even know what it is that they should get to solve their problem. So quality over quantity is better. So for me, creating this prayer journal, it's my first digital, my first product, not digital, but my first physical product. And so I'm like, okay, I want to remember talking about legacy. I wanted to, I want to increase my passive income. So doing more products, whether it be digital or, or physical, but I need to make sure that they're done right. So I know my next product is going to physical product will be a book. And then I want to do a marketing product. I'm not going to say what, um, but a marketing product. And so that'll be something that I do as well. But what I'm not going to do is just come up with a, a hundred different things to sell people just in the name of making money. Quality is so much better. I didn't just throw together that prayer journal. Like one, it was an idea that I got from God, but it was also something I took my time to make sure it was done right. So that when somebody gets it, I want you to have an experience with the journal. I don't want it to just be something else that's collecting dust. Like I want you to have an experience with it to where you actually use it and you're having an experience with God and you're seeing the results of you just journaling and making him the CEO of your business so much so to where you'll trust me enough to when I present something else to you, you'll come back and buy it or going back to that word of mouth, you'll tell people about it and then they'll go and buy it. But quality will always be better than quantity also it's when you have like a select amount of quality products people actually remember as opposed to somebody coming to you and being like what's that thing you do with the marketing and the god thing like what's that like people don't know like it's too much to where they're confused but if you have those quality things and those set amount of things they're like oh i want that god is my ceo prayer journal that i heard such and such talking about and they're not and when they come to me to get it it's right there they're not confused or flipping through 50 million products in order to get to it. 
Also, um, one of my favorite shows is the show called The Prophet. And so uh, the show was hosted by this guy named Marcus Lemonis, and he pretty much just goes and fixes up failing businesses. And he invests in them, and then he uh, tells them that he's in charge, and he just makes all the decisions to get their business off the ground and get it to be successful. And then he leaves and goes and does that with other businesses. So this guy is just out here getting rich and living his best life, right? So I love this show. Show because it shows you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And because the businesses are failing that he goes to fix, it shows you why the businesses are failing. And it takes you through his process of getting the business off the ground. And so every time I see this guy, and most of these businesses are like brick and mortar. So they may be service-based businesses, but a lot of them have like products. And so um, whenever he goes to these businesses, he always, almost always scales back on the amount of products. Because what happens is a business might get really successful with this one product and then they want to expand and do all of these great things. And one of the worst things that you can do is expand before uh, maximize or expand too quickly or expand before you get everything out of the thing that you're good at. Because why waste money on things that you're not sure about when you can just continue Continue to just make the money off the thing that people want to come to you for. And so what he does is he all almost always scales back on the amount of products that people have out there. And he always organizes them to where he might be like, okay, this is the clothing business. Here are the four pillars of products that you have. You have women's clothes, uh, you have women's shoes, men's shirts, kids' outfits or whatever. And um, let's say, accessories but he really just all almost always narrows it down and the way he does it is he's like what's the most successful what do people know you guys for what are people coming to you for what are people affected the most uh, from uh, from you and they name it and those are the things that he focuses on so it just in watching that show I really just learned about how much quality is way better than quantity because you can have all these products out here and people are only buying five why are you selling a hundred Okay, so then number four, my lesson from Q1 for business is I run my business and my business does not run me. (laughs) And what I realized this quarter is that for a while, especially last year, when I was really, really just figuring a lot of things out, I was just always on a computer answering emails all fast. Like I still answer emails pretty fast. I'm trying to break out of my email obsession habit. I just really hate a cluttered email inbox. So I just feel the need to just hurry up and respond so I can get this thing to look pretty. Um, But as of late, especially with having a product out, I'm just like, I realize like um, people email me like, Hey, where's my journal? I'm like, first of all, hello, how are you? Like, what's your order number so I can even begin to answer your question? But like, people will just come to you totally sideways. Like, why is this? Or what? I could just, maybe it's how I'm reading it. But people just really sometimes will come at you sideways. And I'm never, ever going to give that same energy back. Like, customer service is a big thing for me. Um, But what I realized is just out of getting like some emails like that or just finding myself responding to a lot of emails, it was like I'm spending too much time doing this. Like I'm spending too much time on um, 
things that I can either delegate or I can set aside a specific time for and only do it do it during those time frames. And so um, especially let's say email, I told you I have an issue with responding to emails quickly. With emails, I have to change some things up and be like, look, my emails don't run me just because you email me right now does not mean that you're going to get a response right now. I'm going to respond to you on my designated email response time It's going to be within a reasonable time that you sent this. So you ain't got to wait like two weeks to hear back from me. But I have to make sure that my business isn't running me, that I'm running it. And that's the only way that I'm going to be able to be effective and to be able to grow the way that I'm I'm growing. Um, so, yeah, I run my business. My business does not run me. My business is done. I think somebody asked me recently about like my business hours. I don't work on the weekends and I I don't work on Fridays. My my business hours are Monday through Thursday. Sometimes I may do some things on Fridays or Sundays. I normally um, am planning a lot just so that when Monday does come, I know exactly what I'm getting done that week. But I'm not obligated to respond to email or anything like that on the days that I'm not doing my business. You know, I have other things going on. I am a whole person aside from being an entrepreneur. So just making sure that I have, I keep things in perspective. I just really had to make a cognitive uh, uh, decision that my business is not going to run me. And that's something for you guys to take as well. Don't let your business run you to the point where it's like a job. It's like you're nine to five all over again because you haven't structured your business in the right way. And luckily, I haven't gotten to that burnout point yet. I have before. I haven't gotten to that point like this quarter or this past quarter. But if I could smell it coming, then I'm, I'm going to make adjustments because I don't need to already have touched my stove, my hand on the stove and burnt myself. I need to be able to anticipate that um, I'm about to touch a hot stove so that I could not touch it. You know what I mean? So I, that was one of my biggest things that I learned is that I'm not going to let my business run me. So I need to make some adjustments to where that doesn't happen. And I don't end up like a lot of people that I talk to who are just slaves to their businesses. I don't want to be like that. I didn't become an entrepreneur to be uh, stressed out about my business. I became an entrepreneur to have my freedom and to be happy and fulfilled. And then lastly, the last business lesson is that when it comes to products, you guys, every cent counts. When I was doing my VIP day last week, I was telling her like, Every cent is accounted for. You need to know how much are those mailer bags that your uh, product goes in or boxes that your product goes in. Because sometimes we'll be like, oh, I want to ship these. uh, I want to ship out my what's a product. I want to ship out my T-shirt and uh, custom boxes. And I want it to be custom tissue paper inside with custom this and custom that. How much does that cost? How much does that cost per shirt? Are you spending, are you selling your shirt for $20 and it costs you $18 to do all of that? You're only making $2 off a shirt. What's the point? You know, like what's your profit margin? Every single cent counts. What is shipping? 
um, what, how much is that bag that it, or box that it goes in, you know, really figuring out these things early. And because once you figure out your cost, you can't figure out your price until you figure out your cost. But then you also have to make sure that your price is in a, in a ballpark that makes sense for your target audience as well as what it is. So you're not one of these people selling $85 journals because it costs you $40 to make it. You know what I mean? Just so really, Every single cent counts. Um, and that's just a huge lesson for anybody with product-based businesses. Service is a little different because they take time. You have to uh, monitor or come up with the price for your time um, or the cost of your time. But uh, with products, every cent counts. So if you're developing products or you're not making money off products the way that you want to, it's because you're not paying attention to the, the cost. And that's a mistake that I made uh, a couple years ago when I was selling shirts for my youth program I'm like why am I selling so much shirts but I'm not keeping no money like what is going on it's because I wasn't paying attention I was going to uh, the post office and using their boxes to ship my shirts in when their boxes cost 119 a box to put my shirt in but if I was to go to the dollar store and get a mailer, it costs to get a, a different mailer that my shirt fits in. That costs me 50 cents. So now I'm saving money on each shirt that goes out. I'm increasing my profit margin or I'm shipping out a book, a priority mail shipping. I'm spending uh, eight or nine dollars in just shipping alone when I can ship in media mail because it's a book and only spend three dollars on shipping and then charge the, the customer um, uh, X amount of dollars in shipping so they pay for their own shipping you know like that's how you're able to really make sure that your your money is coming in the way it, it needs to uh, by just knowing your numbers knowing how much it costs you to do things if you want to wrap your your shirt up you want to put your shirt in like a little ziploc bag or something how much is each bag going to cost like everything costs money if it's about if it's a box of a hundred um let's say you order Ziploc bags to put your shirts in. If you pay $300 for a box of 100 Ziploc bags, right? That's $3 per bag or uh, per bag for you to ship out your shirts. So that's in your cost, right? Let's say it costs you $3 for um, just the bag. It costs you another $10, let's say, for just the shirt. You're already at $13 of your cost. Then it costs you another $5 for the sake of this example, another $5 for shipping. Now your shirt costs you $18. So what do you, now you got to figure out, well, what am I going to sell the shirt for? Let's say you sell the shirt or, or the shirt for $20. You're only making $2 off the shirt. And if you get a, a t-shirt price can't be but so high because nobody is, is paying $50 for a t-shirt. So you have to keep it within a reasonable price. So now it's like, okay, I need to go back to the drawing board. I can't have these zip, custom Ziploc bags no more because I need to get this price down. You know, so when it comes to products, every single cent counts. For me, it was like, 
I need to buy a mailer so I can print my labels at home because not only am I wasting money going to the post office, I'm wasting my time. I'm sitting in the post office all day holding up the line because I got to individually send out all of these journals. No, I'm going to buy, spend the, uh, eat the expense of the label to save myself time. I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to buy mailers in bulk so that it costs me less to ship out less per, um, journal to ship out. You know, I'm going to keep my overhead expenses low. I'm going to wrap it in something simple like tissue paper. So it doesn't cost me that much to send it out. So now I have a high profit, a higher profit margin because I was paying attention to the, the money that I was spending on just getting this product to the consumer. So yeah, every price counts was my, I mean, every cent counts was my last point as it relates to uh, business. So I know we covered a lot, so I'm going to go ahead and end it here. If you have questions, I do want to answer questions on the next episode. Go to www.blessedembossedup.com to get it. If you're not following me on Instagram, follow me at Tatum Tamia, T-A-T-U-M-T-E-M-I-A. If you have not gotten your journal, you can order it from blessedembossedup.com or it's available on Amazon. And uh, so just go to Amazon and search my name. And that's it for today's episode. Happy April. Happy spring. Happy second quarter, you guys. And I will talk to you all next week. Here's a nifty idea. When you grow and prosper, your community grows and prospers too. That's how it works when you bank at Arundel Federal Savings Bank, keeping your money in the community. Arundel Federal only accepts deposits and lends right here in the state of Maryland. Your deposit might help finance a first home, help launch a new business, or send someone to college. Learn more at ArundelFederal.com.